Hello, church family. Uh, this is the third part of the Fruit of Your Spirit that we're doing. Uh, I believe the one that's after love is joy. And um, joy is something that uh, I think Christians are marked by. There's often things that it seems to be the hardest to keep. Um, because the way that the, the world describes joy, and this is, you know, we hear this word all the time. People, some of you are named, um, or actually no one in the church, but I know there's people that are named joy. And, uh, joy is something that is, by the world standard, is something that is circumstantial. It's based on situations. In fact, I think sometimes the world mistaken joy for happiness. And the Bible speaks of joy is something that's actually better than happiness. And even the word happy, the, the first word hap, it's, it's for, it's the same as idea as used for the word happenstance. Uh, it's, it's like chance. Uh, that's the idea of the word happy in the beginning. It's just something that spontaneously happens that fills your heart with, um, with this exuberant and happy emotion. Um, but yet the Bible speaks of something that we have as a greater than happiness. And that's joy. In fact, in James chapter 1, verse 2, I was like, count all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. And that seems so backwards in our world. Like how can you maintain your joy in light of trials? Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Like, what is biblical joy? Um, if you recall, like, uh, in the first part, I talked about how there was this uh, tree that, uh, that Kelly and I used to uh, see when we were in LA, this Christmas tree. And, I, and you guys know what that's like, having a Christmas tree with ornaments that are like beautiful and uh, even have some ornaments that look like fruit, but they're not really fruit. Whereas a real tree, uh, they produce real fruit from within. It's from the, uh, the water, uh, the water comes into the plant and then it, it blossoms, uh, or yeah, real fruit comes out of it. Those are real, uh, that's that, that proves that that tree is actually real. In a lot of ways, joy could be that. Joy could be, for some of you, could be just this ornament. Uh, you have this fake kind of joy. In reality, it's more of, uh, like the ideas of the world as opposed to what the Bible has to say about what joy is. Um, joy is, uh, it's, ex- it's something that we could maintain even in very difficult circumstances. Uh, and the reason why that is is because the Christian joy is supernatural. Non-Christians' understanding of joy is, is more like a moral kind of joy. And by that, I mean that the the way that the non-believers experience joy is something that they kind of overcame, uh, something that, that they've set some bar for themselves that they're able to, uh, to to achieve. And once they get that, they get the sense of joy. I used to preach at a drug and alcoholic rehab center, and when they claim that they have joy, what they really mean is just they're sober. That they're able to, you know, after X amount of days or months without drinking, they feel happy um, because now they're no longer dependent on something. But that's focused on some sort of external thing that they could achieve in their own life. Uh, but the Christian joy is centered around the gospel. And for the Christian, the more you grasp the gospel, uh, the, the, the stronger the joy that you'll have, uh, the, the harder it is for, um, for you to lose that joy if you have a greater uh, understanding and appreciation of the gospel. Joy is an outpouring of your salvation. It's, it's a fruit that's produced by the Holy Spirit. Um, Christians will face trials, as I read in James chapter 1, verse 2. Um, but that doesn't mean that you uh, can't have joy in the midst of that. Um, Christians are going to go through it, and Christians um, shouldn't ignore their trials either. 
Uh, it's just the reality of living in a fallen world. The trials either come from things that you've done um, or things that something else, someone else has done to you or just living in a fallen world, like a natural disaster happening to you. You know, the, whatever the category may be, uh, sometimes situations, uh, as hard as they can be, the Christian understanding is that we won't lose our joy. Joy allows us to face problems because of the ob- of the objective reality and not the subjective feeling. See, the Christian's um, religion is based on truth. It's based on the things that we know, and the things that we know are our objective reality. We focus on those things as opposed to the subjective feelings. Uh, we let our minds be informed by what the scripture has to say, and that drives our heart um, to feel the right things, um, even though if... Uh, if your emotions are, are, you know, you're distressed, uh, you're still informing those emotions with truth. Uh, that's what Christians are supposed to be. We're, we're supposed to uh, guard our minds uh, f- with the scriptures. And uh, we need to anchored, anchor our minds in the facts of the faith. And we believe in the essential truths of the gospel and the essential truths of scripture, and that will determine everything in life, uh, and, every, and once we understand those truths in Scripture, everything in life will just fall into place. Um, so where can Christians find joy? Well, the answer is, is, a, is a given for us Christians. It's, a, it's the truths that are revealed in Scripture. Um, so what truths do we hang on to? Um, I, I'll call these like three essential truths to keep your joy. Uh, first is The first truth that we need to keep in mind is that our sin is dealt away with. Our sin is dealt away with. And this is something that um, that we can always rejoice in. If you're a Christian today, uh, your sin is done away with. And what that means is that you are no longer separated from the Lord. That uh, in your faith in Christ, uh, that you, uh, at this current moment, have a right standing with the Lord. Psalm 16, verse 11, You will make known to me the path of life. <laughs> Excuse me. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forever. The, the Christian understand that everything that uh, everything that sin has done in our world and in our lives is what robs us of our joy. And uh, because of what Christ has done, our biggest issue in life is dealt with, and that gives us a joy that is transcendent. It goes beyond this life. So once a person understands that their biggest problem is dealt with, and that they don't even deserve anything else except the wrath of God, but that's taken away, that's when you find joy. Um, that's where you can guard your life from from losing joy. It's when you understand that you deserve worse. I think sometimes um, in our life we think of, um, especially in like, you know, like America, like Western civilization, uh, we tend to be very... Um, Weak is the right word. <laughs> we tend to be very soft when it comes to trials. You know, when something doesn't go our way, we get upset and we feel that like uh, the world has gone to uh, our world is over just because you know we um, you know, the lights and the uh, traffic turn away or someone cuts us off or um, you know, I'm trying to think of what we would do in our time. Like, we, when there's it's just modern inconveniences. Uh, when things don't go the way that we want, we lose our joy. And that just shows us how shallow our understanding of the gospel is. Because if we understand that we, the only thing that we do deserve is nothing but the wrath of God, then you realize that even the most trivial things that we don't have, it's okay because all we have is in Christ. And that's, then that should, 
uh, make us joy, joyful for all of eternity. Um, so we have to understand that, that our sin is dealt with and we're no longer separated from God. Second, that our salvation is permanent. Our salvation is permanent. Um, Psalm 32, verse 11. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, your righteous ones, and shout for joy all you who are upright in heart. And in the context of uh, Psalm 32, it talks about how the Lord has forgiven us of our sin, and, and that's what produces joy. And this is a permanent joy. It's not something that uh, that uh, that's just only uh, fades in time because we understand that our salvation is permanent. We see this in John 17 um, and even Romans chapter 8 that nothing separates us from the uh, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And no matter how hard life gets, our salvation is permanent. You can lose everything in this life, but the one thing that you cannot lose is your relationship with the Lord. And that again should, should keep that will. Pre- preserve the joy that we have in our heart because uh, you can lose your family you can lose your health you can lose your wealth you can lose uh, your job you can lose uh, all your material things you can lose your lose your uh, rights here in the united states you can lose whatever but the one thing that you can hold on to is that your salvation is permanent uh, no one can snatch us or nothing could take us away from the hand of god we belong to him so our salvation is permanent um, no matter how much threats we receive, no matter how hard this life is, there's always the assurance that this life is just a drop in the bucket and relative to eternity. And that eternity is set for us. Uh, in, um, uh, in the book of John, it says that uh, Christ is preparing a place for us. This is eternal home. Um, and that's what we have. These are uh, the, Our salvation is permanent, which actually kind of leads to the next one, that our, uh, what keeps us... Uh, what, what, what can we think of to guard our joy is the last day of the promises in Christ. So not only that our sin is dealt with and that our salvation is permanent, but the, um, the, all the promises that uh, Christ has given us in Scripture. Um, I've, I've shared this before, that it, we live in a very unique time, that uh, we get to, because of the canon of Scripture, we get to see how the Lord fulfills some of the promises in the New Testament, and we get to also see, look forward to how Christ fulfills or how the Lord will fulfill all the other promises. Um, so it's cool because we can see God's faithfulness then and we just look forward to see how the Lord will show his faithfulness in the future. But uh, there's promises in scripture, like, uh, for example, Matthew 13, 44, it reads, The kingdom of heaven is like a, is a, tre- is a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again, and from joy... Over it goes and sells all he has and buys that field. This is a parable that Jesus speaks of about the um, the value of heaven, and uh, and and in this parable we see this promise of of, of joy that comes in knowing uh, that you are saved. Um, in fact, even in the time when Jesus was born in Luke chapter two, verse ten. Uh, in refer uh, the, the angel was speaking. Uh, the angel speaking to uh, yeah so the, the angel said, hey, let's read this chapter 2 verse 10 of Luke uh, but the angel said to them do not be afraid for behold I bring you good news of great joy which will be for all the people uh, for today in the, in the city of David there has been born for you a savior who is Christ the Lord and there's this promise that our relationship with Christ is going to give us 
a joy, something that is just going to preserve us, something that's going to keep us from losing that joy. It's, it's just looking to Jesus. It's beholding his beauty. It's to um, delight in him. John chapter 15, verse 11. Uh, Jesus said this to the disciples. These things I have spoken to you so that you so that my joy may be in you, that your joy may be filled. And this is the context in which um, we're called to abide in Jesus. We we become close and we connect ourselves to him because without him we could do nothing. And and when we do that, when we continue to abide in Christ, uh, we will find that we're we're joyful people. Uh, And to abide in Christ, it basically means that you look to scripture and you apply it to your life. You look at the promise and the commands of Scripture, and you and you believe it. You keep trusting into it. And you you saturate your mind with it, and you live it out. And that's what it means to abide in Christ. Um, John 16 verse 22. Um, Therefore, you too have grief now, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and no one will take your joy away from you. And uh, being with Christ and His resurrection, He He told the disciples that there will be joy. Um, in seeing the Savior, in the Romans, there's one more, Romans 14, verse 17, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. See, the mark of a Christian, the, uh, one of the natural fruits of a Christian is that they're joyful people, and what, and what is it that makes them joyful? It is not uh, as, as I say here, it's, it's not eating or drinking. It's not the things of this world, but it's rather it's the uh, the kingdom of God. It's, it's being with Christ. It's knowing that we belong to Him. So then, if these truths are what's supposed to guard our our joy, then what robs us from joy? I think the very first one is sin. Uh, sin. Psalm 51. After David sinned against the Lord by committing murder and adultery, Psalm 51 tells us. That in that year time, when he was, before Nathan confronted him with a sin, he said that his body withered away, that his bones were like hurting, and that uh, by by knowing that he didn't confess his sin, that he hid in his heart, it, it made him miserable. He wasn't able to have the same joy because of his own sin. So you ask yourself, are, is the reason why you're not experiencing any joy as a Christian now, is it because you're holding on to some sin? Are you holding on to anxiousness? Are you holding on to pride? Are you holding on to, to lust? What are the sins you're holding on into your life that's robbing you of your joy? And, the, and these two work against each other. You cannot be a joyful sinner. You cannot be a joyful person who lives in your sin. And eventually the sin may have its temporal pleasures, but it will make you miserable and it will rob you of your joy. So how, what's one way that you can lose your joy is by sin? Second, um, forgetfulness. Uh, Psalm 103, and I think even the, the whole totality of Scripture tells us that Psalm 103 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far as you moved our sin from us. And every time when we um, forget what God has done for us, we go back into sin. Again, this goes back to like not cherishing the gospel. We forget the state that we were before, so we don't appreciate the Lord now. We, we aren't joyful. We let things in our life cloud our uh, minds from things that Christ has actually done for us. So forgetfulness, forgetfulness is one way in which robs us of our joy because we're thinking, we forget basically all that the Lord has provided for us in the moment, all things that he's done in the past and what he will do for us in the future. So forgetfulness, and this is a really a call for us to know scripture and the promises of scripture because these things um, will keep us 
Uh, it, will, it will keep us uh, dwelling on truth about the Lord. It will make us not forget what he has done for us. So how, uh, what is the last way with, uh, um, that we can, what's, the, what's one way that we can rob, we get ro- our joy rob is when we, uh, when we remember, when we, keep, when we remember the thing, the wrong things in life. Uh, so first is sin. Second is forgetfulness. Forgetfulness is forgetting the good things that uh, God has done. And third, remembering the wrong things in life. That's like um, focusing on things um, that you don't need to think about anymore, uh, that you don't need to worry about. So, for example, some of you have come from very dark, a uh, very dark past. Um, and you wonder, well, did Christ actually die for all of my sin? Or, or there are certain things I've done in the past that still have present-day ramifications. And you dwell on those the areas of your life where, um, things aren't going too well, but you forget the fact that um, that you're given so much more. That, that all of your past sins has been forgiven. All of the hurt that you that you've experienced are gone. That they're done away with. You are made into a new creature. Um, so really, uh, what are you dwelling on? Colossians three tells us that whatever sin that we have is nailed to the cross. And if you if you are a believer, you must dwell on that on the present reality that all of your sin is taken away, taken away, past, present, and future sins. Um, and you know the devil will always try to be this accuser, um, but we have to remember that we have a um, advocate, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one, he's our advocate. He's always going to make a case for us because um, because uh, of what he's done. Because of what he's done on the cross, he's bestowed us. His um, uh, his righteousness. He's given us his robes for our rags, and uh, we can have confidence knowing that every every single problem, every single thing that we did wrong, done and wrong in the past, is taken care of. Um, so that's the third one. What makes us lose our joy is when we remember the wrong things. Um, to remember the wrong things in life, uh, or the wrong that's done to us. Um, Instead of focusing on those things, we need to focus on Christ. So what keeps us from being joyful? Sin, forgetfulness, and remember the wrong things. And I hope that as you go about this week, um, that you check your own heart. What is keeping you from experiencing the joy that could only be produced in Christ Jesus? Is it some sort of sin? Are you forgetting what Christ has done? Or are you think dwelling on the wrong things? Um, and whichever you are, in your, whichever it is, is, you need to work on those things so you can actually have the joy that um, that Christ promised us in His Word. Okay, uh, that's it for joy, uh, and I hope that this is helpful. And it definitely was convicting for me because, especially during this time, uh, joy can be easily thwarted by just the circumstances around us. But we know that our joy is supernatural because it's produced by the Holy Spirit. Okay, thanks for listening.